0: Okay. Ready? Yo, Go ahead. this is Tom. And Neil.
1: Drunk panic problem. And you're listening, listening to you. 25,000 miles. NO! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was terrible. Do another one. All right, one more time. Okay. Right, uh, I'm, I'm starting this one. Okay. Hello, this is Tom. And, oh, wait, hold um, on. What are you doing? <laughs> when <laughs> yeah,
0: no, when do I come in?
1: You said after me. Okay. By the way, this is the, uh, this is how you should play it. <laughs> Just play this entire thing. Hey, this is Tom. And Neil. From Panic Problem. Oh, Jesus, Neil. All right. Hey, this is Tom from Panic Problem. You're listening to 25,000 Miles Radio. And this is Neil from Panic Problem,
0: and you're listening to 25,000 Miles Radio.
2: I'll play the whole thing. That's <laughs> me. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Two out of three. Can't complain with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: In in, in all honesty, you know, we are
1: the real members (laughs) of the band. Yeah, Jeff's more of like... I wouldn't even say he's like eye candy. It's mostly just you know, uh, sort of like a freak show, I guess.
0: He's not even good at holding things.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean... Hey man, if you guys are cool with it, I'm cool with it.
1: Yeah, let's do yeah. It. Let's yeah, do it. So we'll, let's we'll let's just make let's fun let's of them begin. the whole time. Yeah. Big time. Love
2: it. Big time. Um okay, so welcome to the show, guys. Well, thank you. Um so number 1, uh for the sake of our listeners, could you tell me who you are and what band you play in?
1: Sure.
0: Uh, my name is Neil Page. I am in Panic Problem. I play guitar and singing.
1: And Tom Gilhulli is my name, and I am also in a band called Panic Problem. I play, <clears throat> play drums and also sing sometimes.
2: All right, correct. Those answers are correct.
1: All right, 10 yes, point. All right, we nailed it. <laughs> okay, um, Should so... Should we quit while we're ahead? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I guess so.
0: <laughs> Seth, interview over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Record time. Uh, We're going to try to keep things as positive as possible, but... We also want to acknowledge the elephant in the room. How are you guys doing with the COVID-19 virus in full swing?
1: Well, I have to say, uh, okay, pretty, pretty good. Uh, I think most of the people I know, uh, we're, we're all very lucky uh, to not be ill. And uh, with, uh, I think without exception, everyone we know is, is healthy right now and so everyone's just trying to do their best to stay at home, do their part. Um, you know, the only sad part is, you know, personally, I work from home a lot, so I can still do that, and I am doing that and getting paid, which is awesome. That You know, I have had my hours cut back and my pay cut back, but it's still better than a whole lot of people are doing, including a lot of my friends, because we – we know a lot of people that are bartenders and servers and people that own clubs and restaurants and all those guys are just you know hoping this get done. over soon. You know, having to fill out unemployment forms and wait on loans and all that crap. So, yeah, um, compared to a lot of other people, I'm very lucky and very grateful. And uh, yeah, basically every every time I get a paycheck, I try to throw some money towards. Uh, any causes and friends that need it. Um, that's, you know, I'm trying to realize that I am lucky and, you know, pass on whatever else I can.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm basically in the same boat and, um, I work from home also. And, um, just like Tom said, every chance that I get, uh, we're giving, uh, my family and I are giving to, um, you know, either the local virtual tip jars, or um just you know local causes that we believe in that you know where the most the most revenue can help the most people the fastest. So um that's kind of what we're in. How are you guys doing out there, Joel?
2: Yeah, yeah, we're okay also. Um I live in a smaller town, so people are kinda in denial where I am. They're like, Yeah, it's not coming here <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but um Yeah people are people are getting with it and uh seeing a lot more masks at grocery stores and stuff you know
0: that's cool that's cool man i mean you know I, I certainly hope that what we're experiencing here over on the east coast of the state um never reaches your small town because um, over here it's pretty brutal um but that said we've also seen some really cool things go down in terms of you know communities getting together um, the punk community right now has been really amazing about um, finding creative ways to support each other um, through all of this. And I find that really heartening um, to see, you know, just everybody kind of banding together and kind of doing what we always, you know, either sang about or went to shows about or, or you know, preached when it was convenient and to actually see a lot of that. Materialize in tough times is really really cool. So, you know, everybody out there, if you're if you can hear me and, and you're doing something cool to help out somebody else, please keep that up. And also, when we get past all of this, and we will, um, let's not stop that. We should probably just keep doing that all the time, anyway.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um, like with that with that in mind, how do you think that this is going to change? Music and the music industry in general.
0: Um, I think that when people can go back to shows um, and see touring bands, um, I think two things. One, we're probably going to see people really stoked on like Tuesday night, where maybe you know people are kind of more like, Ugh, "I could either watch this TV show in my room or go see this you know band I've never seen before." And I'd like to think, you know, that, you know, people uh, will get their fill of, um, you know, all the streaming services and want to go check out something different. So I have a, I have a, a you know, a thought that maybe live, live music will be, you know, we'll see a, a resurgence in that a little bit. Um, two, I think that bands um, are going to be really chomping at the bit to get out and tour more and play more shows and just do you know, more with that. Um, Also, this is just a really great time for everybody to get a little more creative. So, um, you know, in Panic Problem, we were about to release our record uh, the week that all of the stuff got locked down in our area and we were going to be playing this show with uh, Date House and The Mermaid and uh, The Explosion, and that got postponed until September. So um, we've had to find some creative ways to you know, get the music out in front of people and get um, the word out about the band in different ways, and I don't see us stopping the new creative ways that we've uh, kind of learned to adapt. I think we're going to add that to our, you know, our, uh, our Rolodex of like things to do. And I see other bands doing that. And I imagine that's going to be the case for
2: sure. Yeah. um, Yeah. You mentioned uh, that show with, with Dave Haas in September. Um, What do you think it's, I mean, I, we all hope that this whole thing's over by then, but how realistic do you think it is that it will be over?
0: I mean, I'm not a medical professional, and sadly, right now in the United States, there's a lot of people who aren't medical professionals um, weigh, weighing in on, on things like that, so I, all I can really say is that I'm going with the information that we have in the moment. Um, it seems like, you know, the, the term of the day has flattened the curve, so, you know, um, all I can, all I can say is, you know, please do whatever the experts are telling us to do right now there's a lot of misinformation out there and i personally believe that if we just kind of do that right now um as aggressively as we can we have the best chance as possible that things will return to um a more social environment by that time you know
2: yeah yeah for sure um, okay, I have one more coronavirus question, then we'll move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is so cool, man. You, this might be the first interview where we, where we actually get off of coronavirus. It'll be so tight. <laughs> yeah, I'll right. talk about whatever you want to talk about outside of the coronavirus. Sports, <laughs> I don't even like sports, and I'll do it. Yeah, okay. We so- sports. <laughs> Tom likes sports. Tom can weigh in. True. Tom will weigh right. in on sports. Tom new sports after this announcement?
2: <laughs> oh, okay, but it, it can only be hockey.
0: that's, that's actually Tom's way into it.
2: I'm wearing a New York Rangers sweatshirt right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, boo. <laughs> nice.
0: Um, I also like sport games.
2: Oh, all right. Let's do it. <laughs> um, okay, so how are you guys dealing with this uh, coronavirus? Like, as a band, because bands have been putting out their new albums, um, like yourselves, um, but once the record is released, it's like, okay, now what? So how have you guys been yeah. dealing with it as a band?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, yeah. We have not been playing, unfortunately, because uh, yeah. our, our practice space was already a, a, a den of viruses.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man. It was, like, uh, not outside the, the safe cantina, but, like, for bands, local bands.
1: Yeah. Band. It's, it's really dirty and disgusting in there for all the bands. So the idea of going over there and playing really freaks me out. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I imagine we might be able to, but I, I don't know. I, I drove by there the other day. It's, like, an no. old warehouse. And I was, no. like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to go in there. No, I don't want to break the steel yet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, other than that, it's like, uh, I guess, try to work creatively on our own. Um, I haven't done a ton of the songwriting in this band, Uh, you know, just writing drum parts and the occasional counter melody or something like that. But um, I do want to get more involved um, for the next record, as far as, uh, you know, writing, you know, I've done plenty of singing and writing lyrics and melodies for bands in the past, I just haven't really done much of it for panic problems. So that's something I'm trying to work on. in My time stuck uh, at home. So I'm sure I'm sure Neil's on the same boat.
0: Yeah, I mean, I as as um, you know, Tom's point. As um, you know, I, I'm basically the star of the show. You know, it's funny because we were actually talking about that for you, Tom, right before all of this, and I'm super down with that. And we should definitely do that. And um, you know, just like forget this interview, man. Let's just talk about it. Like, you know, what do you have in mind?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think most like less less bass, a lot less like Jeff, or yeah, just like Je- Jeff's ideas. Hey, we should stop using any of those. The worst. I mean, I as you knew, I didn't like any of them. It's terrible.
0: Like, um, Joel, do you like songs with choruses? Yeah. Jeff hates that. It hates yeah, it. yeah. It hates <laughs> it. It's the worst. It's the worst. And you're like, oh and you're just like, oh, I wish want people to like like our music and he's like, Why? And I'm like, oh, you know, no, just just kidding. Jeff Jeff, um yeah, Jeff Jeff's pretty terrible. Uh, but Tom's great. So um, you know, Tom what, really whatever you want to do, um, just side with me on squashing uh, Jeff's joy and you can Jeff is running the show. I'm in perfect. Yep, it's two great. on one. We win. just to kind of like close, just to kind of close the loop. Um, we like, I have a home recording studio. Tom has some home recording studio stuff. Jeff, joking aside, does actually have home recording studio stuff too. Um, I've done a lot of songwriting. Um, the kind of the way to take Tom's point, the way I'd like to kind of approach the next go is like everybody just brings stuff to the table. So I'm kind of reaching a point where I've got stuff to share and kind of use this time to kind of go further down the rabbit hole with our songs, where um, with the first record, it was kind of like try to get as many songs together that don't sync, and then if we're lucky, most of them will make the record. And this next time around, I'd like to try and see how much we can actually leave at the cutting room floor before we put out the next record. So, you know, not to overproduce it, but just rather, like, more choosy.
2: Yeah, you know what? And that's a perfect lead-in to what my next question was. So, you guys have been a band since 2018, is that correct?
1: I think earlier, actually. right, only technically a little earlier, but, I I mean, honestly, like, 2018 was probably when we first started, like, getting really (laughs) well. Getting actually together and writing songs rather than just, like, let's get together in a room and, like, jam on some, you know, punk stuff for a while. Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, yeah, definitely a couple years. Like, we we spent a couple years working on the first batch of songs and getting to this point for sure.
2: Okay, so since you've started, you've accomplished quite a bit. You, you put out that uh, four-song EP last year, and then this last month in March, you put out their full length. So right. were you guys just sitting on a pile of songs in that couple of years, or did things just kind of flow pretty well? Oh,
1: that's awesome. That'd be a great question. It is. Yeah. Well, I'll let, I'll let Neil do most of this, but we did actually, we actually wrote a bunch of, Songs that we decided not to record. Yeah, so I guess, that's Yeah, that's I, exactly right. Well, Neil, when when actually Neil and I started this band with uh, another bass player. Her name's Sue. She uh, plays in a really awesome band. You might have heard of, or uh, you should totally check out called War on Women. They are amazing, and they are super important. Yes. Everyone's yep. Yes, I, um, I have, anyway, and they're we, good. We started uh, playing with her, and that was like, all right. You know, Neil had some ideas, and Sue had some ideas, and we just started writing songs kind of sort of haphazardly, you know? It was yeah, more of just, like, getting stuff down. Yeah, we had a bunch of ideas, and then Sue just got way too busy with uh, the other band and uh, her job and stuff, so she couldn't hang out with us uh, playing in the band anymore, and I've known Jeff forever. Jeff and I have played in a bunch of bands together, so... Um, that was an easy transition to bring in. And, and but I guess really when he joined was when we started like, okay, we, we should actually really write songs now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of like, all right, it's time to actually start this. And again, as we mentioned, like his ideas were so terrible that it was really easy to kind of
1: like. <laughs> yeah. Most of his ideas, uh, did not like correct. <laughs> I just fact all of his ideas. Yeah. You know, so just. Um, Except for I Hate Tuesdays, just because he plays the the bass intro. Yeah, which... Which which I believe is just one note. Yeah,
0: I wrote that (laughs) for him. I'm kidding. But, 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 no, like, once once Jeff got in there, um, we probably had, I don't know, we probably had another four or five songs, for sure, that didn't... See the light of day. Like, never made it to those recording sessions. And then, I think we kept all of them but the one which just got released on Punk News. So, Punk News just um, debuted an unreleased song
3: yesterday?
0: Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday? Um, Yeah. Which is called Don't Call Me Crazy. Um, It's like 30 seconds long and everyone should check it out. Pretty weird and funny. Um, but we, we held that one back and everything else made the record, but yeah, there's like five or seven, five to seven songs that didn't make it that time around. And they had like, there were like cool parts in them or there was like, you know, yeah. a, a vibe or something that was kind of cool, but they just didn't like materialize into something that we thought was like record, you know, recording worthy. So that, that did that. But, you know, once Jeff actually joined, and this is the only time in the interview I'll be nice about him, and then back to uh, what we agreed on, Tom, <laughs> uh, before the <his> call. Um,
3: <laughs>
0: you know, bef- uh, once Jeff joined, the band really materialized. So he gets that two sentences worth of credit and now back to just pure pure terror on Jeff. Um, yeah, so that, that was that. It kind of went through, like, two false phases.
2: There you go. Yep. that's the answer. That's it. Um, so that was a lot. That was about. well. Please edit
0: that down, unless
2: we're live, and then sorry to everyone in advance. Yeah, you were just <laughs> yelling about on it. about these songs.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry, That was a bit droney. We're gonna we're gonna tighten it up here.
2: Tighten it up. <laughs> ah, no, I joke. Okay, but you have been kicking out all of these songs, but mm-hmm. you um. You've been playing some pretty big shows as well. You opened up for the and Popes and the Ataris. How did you hook yep. up yeah. with a show that big so early on?
0: Yeah, so that is actually thanks to our dear friend um, at Feed the Scene, um, which is an amazing nonprofit um, that takes on touring bands and donates meals to them and housing to them while they're on tour. And from by our, our very dear friend Rachel. She is amazing. And that nonprofit, everyone should check it out. And not only do they hook up bands on tour, but they also book shows. And so that was available. We just, you know, that was one of those like we knew that Rachel was putting on that show. She needed another band. We said, Hey, how about us? I took her out to dinner at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> and <laughs> he sold his soul for the yeah, show. Big, 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 and, and also nachos. And they were delicious. And um, Essentially, yes.
1: We got, we got the show because of goddamn nachos.
0: And they were exquisite. They were really tasty nachos. Um, and so she checked out the demo. She thought it was cool. That's how we got the show. The show was awesome. It was super fun.
2: So you, you bribed your way into the show. That was yeah.
0: a case for play with
2: nachos.
0: Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> See, once again, like, bands, bands have to get creative. Everyone's like, oh, I've got to sell 100 tickets. No, you don't. You just need, like, you know, really tasty, like, empanadas and, like, you know, burritos or I forget what we ate, but it was really cool.
2: On your guys' new album, you guys have a vibe of pretty much hating your day jobs. You have songs like Work Sucks in General... <laughs> <laughs> the grind I mean,
0: what, kind of, what, what kind of sociopath what kind of sociopath loves their who's <laughs> t- hey. just, just waking up with some kind of like you know sound garden black hole sun smile on their face being like I'm going to work today you know like that's just, that's just so not real that's not please tell me no one does that that would be really gross and scary
2: no uh, no far that's far that's very true But listen to the rest of the question. Okay. (laughs) I just
0: couldn't, I couldn't handle it. It was too intense. I was like, oh, (laughs) god."
2: He's talking about work. I have to zone out. Um, What is it that you do for work? I'm
0: I'm not telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Especially after that. Especially after that. I I do do sales for a living.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, there you go.
1: Yeah, I... And I I work uh, I I work in digital marketing. It's like the devil's job.
2: Uh,
1: I I actually work for Satan. And I help the devil.
2: Oh well, all right. I'm
1: like assistant
0: assistant to the regional devil.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The the good thing about my job is that I can just use my skills to promote to promote our band. (laughs)
3: Oh well, yeah. And
1: good things about my job. Actually, there's a lot of good things about my job.
0: I can't talk trash on it. But anybody who thinks that working a job is cooler than playing punk music, unless that is your job, is that's just not true.
2: But what if you have a punk show on a Tuesday? I know you guys aren't stoked on that.
0: They're the worst day. It is the worst day ever.
1: It's Tuesday.
2: That's what I hear. I
1: mean, we'll still go to the show, and we'll play the show if we have to. Yeah, if I'm playing uh, a show on a Tuesday, if I'm playing a show on a Tuesday
0: and we're eating at a Ruby Tuesday, and it's two for Tuesday at the club, I will probably play I Hate Tuesdays. That's a little plug there for Panic Problems on the record. Check it out. Um, <laughs> but I definitely don't like Tuesdays. Um, ooh, Auto Bar actually has a pretty killer two for Tuesday, and Holy Holies has Taco Tuesday. There's yeah. some good things. Here's the thing. There's some good things that happen on Tuesdays that are not work-related, typically. But Tuesdays are usually the worst day of the week.
2: Taco Tuesday.
0: But you see all those things, like the two
1: for Tuesday, the Taco Tuesday, most of that stuff happens after work.
0: And and the reason why they exist, by the way, is because everyone is so bummed out that they just had to experience Tuesday that everybody in the service industry was basically collectively like, we're sorry, here is something to make up for the fact we just had to live through that. Yeah. It's true. And by the way, it's gonna happen again in approximately seven days.
3: I watch the sunrise from my bed. I shake these demons from my head. Falls apart and I cry.
2: Well, yeah, hey, I can't argue with that. That's like sound reasoning.
0: Check it out. Watch this. So when, so Monday, right? You're coming off of the weekend, right?
2: Yeah.
0: So like, you're basically you're still thinking about the weekend. I mean, like you get up, you do your blah blah blah, and there's like you do, like powwow meeting or some kind of thing, yada yada yada. But you can pretty much make it through a Monday because everyone's like, oh, it's Monday. Oh, let's just not really do too much because we're coming off the weekend. Then Wednesday. All you have to do is make it halfway through, and congratulations, you're now on decline, right? Yeah, yeah. Thursday, you're already thinking about Friday. But Thursday is kind of like whatever. You know, like Thursday, everyone's already gearing up for the weekend. Some people even go out on Thursdays because they're Fridays, kind of like whatever. Friday is a joke. Friday, like, that is the weekend. It's amazing that people even get dressed for Friday. Like, that's (laughs) stupid. Saturday doesn't count, Sunday doesn't count because it's the weekend. Therefore, the only day that anyone has to truly experience as an adult is just one day. One. And that's Tuesday. It stinks. And that's why we have tacos and double drinks on Tuesday nights.
1: Sound nope. logic. Yep.
0: <laughs> All right,
2: so. Correct me if I'm wrong here, <laughs> but it lo- from my research... It looks like most of your shows have been pretty close to home. So, once this COVID-19 thing dies off, do you have any plans to tour?
0: I would say absolutely. Um, we're older dudes, and we all have responsibilities and families, but, um, you know, I, I think we're going to definitely do that to some degree. Um, you know, it's not like we all came from bands that used to tour really heavily, and I don't think that we're looking to do the old-school thing anymore. I'm not even sure if old-school touring can even be done any longer. Um, So I think it would be a bit more strategic, you know, in terms of, um, oh, hey, there's, like, a cool band, and they're doing a run of shows, and they asked us to do it. Like, yeah, we would jump at the opportunity for that in a heartbeat, you know? But if we were just doing something on our own... It would probably be a bit more strategic, um, you know. And I think that it would be really contingent on if people want us to tour. You know, I mean, I'm I'm so stoked that people are even listening to this record and checking out our band that like, let's have some fun. Sounds Let me ask correct. you, y'all, if we played your town, would you?
2: Oh, hold on, just a second. Sorry, sorry, are you there? Perfect. Did you have to flip the table over? Yeah, no, sorry. I, I was having technical difficulties. My speaker just went out. I was like, wait,
0: no! That's what
1: everyone says about our shows, bro.
0: That's <laughs> what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs>
2: sorry, the last thing I heard was, if we came to your town, and then it would cut out. And I was like,
0: what? No! Yeah, I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, would you come and see us if, if we came to your town? And it was pretty awesome because it was just dead silence. And I was like, yep. And I, said, That's what I thought. Yep. Sorry. Well, perfectly
2: timed. Um,
0: yeah, that was, that was pretty brutal. Um, listen, listen. I think I, the correct I answer he here says, is... Man, it, it's rough out here. No, that was the <laughs> roughest... No, man, that was rough.
2: I, I, listen, the correct answer is, is yes?
0: <laughs> I, I hope yeah, so. And I, I'm yeah, like, that is the right answer. The whole band about anxiety problems. I'm sitting in my basement, like trying to like make a, a real connection here, and I'm just I'm dying on <laughs> the vine, man. Yeah. Well, I,
2: I had <laughs> that I had that myself today. Uh, I it just it was like a, a small thought that passed. I was like, was it two o'clock my time or two o'clock their time?
1: Oh no, dude, welcome, <laughs> welcome aboard. That's
0: exactly yeah. at least in my case. That's how anxiety works. Like it's so funny. Like everyone always asks me, like I'm just like invalid. They're like, now we know you've got an anxiety problem. How is this whole COVID thing going? And I'm like, you know, believe it or not, I actually couldn't care less. Like the, the COVID thing doesn't scare me at all. But like if I'm in a meeting and I think I miss Beth, or I have like some kind of weird communication challenge with someone or like, man, they didn't laugh at my joke the right way. They must think this. And I just go down this like rabbit hole of just complete ridiculousness and that is my life in a nutshell so you know
2: yeah i 100 percent. that's
0: what that's where i'm coming from
2: that that happens to me quite often mostly yeah, on phone thanks, calls <laughs> it's,
0: just total, it's just total work <laughs> yeah. it's like man like i don't even i'm not even worried about like important stuff i'm worried like I, am i making good dinner conversations <laughs> it's the only thing I look I looked at them weird. Like, just the worst.
2: Yeah. As a matter of fact, oh, well. I'm thriving in the COVID-19 pandemic. The driving? I'm, I'm thriving. I have to do very little speaking.
0: Oh, yeah, I know. Like, I feel very... I, I, this is going to sound like... Okay, I actually feel rather centered. Like, this this whole experience has been fairly straightforward. It's like, oh, there's some defined rules. Don't break them. Don't steal toilet paper from other people. You know, be okay. I can't find rubbing alcohol anywhere, though. (laughs) My wife sends me out to find rubbing alcohol, hydrogen peroxide, and organic flour. And I can never find those things. But everything else I can find perfectly fine. Oh, I did buy the wrong peanut butter, actually, the other day. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, you got to be careful. Well, it said it was organic, but apparently they added sugar. Uh, and it was this whole thing. I don't know. You know, I'm going to eat that peanut butter, and I'm going to get some more. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: here, here we go. Getting back on track.
0: <laughs> to the, Excuse me. That was incredible radio. What are you talking about? Okay. I'm, really sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. <clears throat> what to, you got? Yep. Two,
2: the best of your ability, because this is going to be kind of off the cuff here, but... Do you remember the best show you've ever played and on the flop of that, the worst show you've ever played?
0: Okay, now here's the, can I, can I counterpoint that really quickly? Sure. Do you have to technically play the show or was it so terrible you didn't even get to play? Question mark.
2: Um, Like you were in the band that was scheduled to play and didn't play? Correct. Uh, then yeah, that counts.
0: Well, Joel, I gotta tell you, it's it's hard because there's been so many terrible shows.
1: Um, <laughs> in my life. It's mostly terrible shows. Yeah. Um, and then like a few good ones sprinkled in there. Yeah,
0: um, really. Like the the
1: good ones, the good ones are actually really easy. Um, it's the bad ones that you're like, man, where do I start? Can Can I share something uh, that Neil's not gonna want me to share?
2: Yes, yes, I would I would encourage that. All right. Is this
1: one so, you played the zebra head? <laughs> no, but I have played with the
0: zebra head. You didn't see that coming. Jeff Jeff had me wanted me to sneak that one in on you. Oh crazy. my
1: god. That's true. I have so some shows I'm, with Zebrahead I'm just stabbing everybody in the back. This is great. All right, anyway, go ahead, Tom, what you got? So so the the show you mentioned earlier with the smoking popes and the Atari, when we played that show, Neil broke a string on the oh, first totally song. Did. Totally did. And forgot to bring his backup guitar, so yeah. he had to. So this happened during, like halfway through the first song, we had oh, to stop, and no one lent us a guitar. That's so real. Neil, and Neil, uh, no, sh- well, on stage, had to change his string while every like the, all everyone there just had to oh, stare at <laughs> And I just got on the microphone and just busted Neil's balls for the entire five to ten minutes it took him to (laughs) do that string. It it was like an oddly long changing of strings, too. Like, it was so real. It was so awesome. I basically did uh, a five to ten minute spot of uh, improv stand-up comedy.
0: So now I've got to ask, was that the best show or the worst
1: show? Well, honestly, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was very angry at the moment. I will be I will be completely honest. I was very pissed off about it. Me too. and that's, what, and that's why I was just digging into you with my <laughs> off cup comedy. I thought, you, I thought you were actually rather kind. I, if, that, if that's if that's you mean, I'll take that all day long. That was all perfect. right. Well, that's good. But yeah, at the you know after the fact, that was hilarious because you know we talked to the bands after, and I forget. God, it was one of the guys in the Smoking Pope. Yeah, I was like, "Wow, I really enjoyed your really enjoyed your show." Really sucks about the guitar thing, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then went on, and then went on to show us the really awesome guitar he was holding and playing. It was really, it was a really good guitar too that he had. I forget
0: what it was, but it was really nice. Um, I think it was like an old like
1: Jazzmaster or something. It was like a really good looking mm-hmm. guitar that. So that that kind of that's kind of a mix mash of like War show, uh, best show, for Panic Problem, and then uh, let's see, best show. I, it's hard to pick one, but we've been having a really good time going up to and to to your point about not playing a lot of shows, you know, out of town or very far away. Um, the Neil. Technically lives in Pennsylvania, just over the Maryland border. It's just barely um, there. Yeah, it's, and so it's not my fault. So we get asked, we get offered shows around Pennsylvania a lot. So oh, I do. you know, we've just had some really good shows at places like you'd be like, what York, Pennsylvania? Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? Rule. They're just a blast to play. Like you know, people just come out of the woodwork, and they're just like these cool like. Small, smaller community like punk shows. Yeah, Ninety third. Those, those. have been a blast. I mean, outside yeah. of like, you know, for Panic Problem, those are, those have been my favorite. Um, and then like the the one show we got to play up in New York. Yeah, um, so. with my friends uh, in Flak Jacket. That was a great one too. So again, they're like, you know, we're as a band, we're we're fledgling, even though we're dudes. You know, playing a bunch of bands, so we're still playing smaller shows, and uh, those have been great. They've been great. So yeah, far. Those, so those have been. Those I have look been forward so to playing. Fun. Look forward to playing a mix of all of that. You know, those smaller, you know, garage shows and house shows, mixed with yeah. nice venues, mixed with festivals. Like, you we'll know, play it all. I love that. I love that. I
0: totally agree. I think, yeah. So that kind of covers panic problems for sure. I think my favorite show that I ever played, ever, my old band, um, I I have two. I have a local show favorite and an out-of-town show favorite.
2: Okay. And
0: here we go. My favorite local show that I've probably ever played was my old band um, played with this uh, band that's not around anymore called Annihilation Time. And we played an event in a club where they brought in a half pipe and everybody skated on this half pipe while all the punk bands played. And that was totally nuts. That was just nuts. And they put like this like weird like chain link fence around the whole thing. So it looked really Thunderdome. It was just really cool. That was just like a really cool vibe. There were a bunch of bands that played it was totally weird. It was a lot of fun. That's like my favorite local show. Nice. I think my favorite out of town show ever was this one time. Same band, but like much earlier. We were playing. Um, we were playing in this town called Troy, Illinois, and we drove. We were on this tour, and all of our shows until Troy, Illinois, and we were in Baltimore. Um, of our shows to there had actually been canceled. So we had to drive all the way to Troy, Illinois, to basically start the tour. And these kids showed up. It was like a VFW Hall show. And they were like, you drove all the way here to play this show? And we were like, yeah. And they just went completely insane. Just like, just riot. Just totally nuts. It was in the middle of nowhere. And, um, I, I that night I, uh, I didn't want to drive the van. So I just walked through the drive through of Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, I bought like 20 bucks worth of Taco Bell and I ate all of it. And, uh, that was a great show. Awesome. And I think the worst show I ever played, other than what Tom mentioned, because that was really brutal. Thanks, Tom. You really threw me under the bus on that one.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. We we'll play do, please.
0: <laughs> but um, I think that, uh, I think for me, we drove all the way to Ohio to, pl- not the Panicom, but this other band I was in. We drove all the way to Ohio to play this festival. Um, the festival got canceled, and we didn't find out about it until we showed up. Mm. And then we got lost in Ohio in the backwoods of Ohio, and there were, like, trailers on fire, and it was really scary, and we were all really tired and lost, and it took us, like, an extra day to get home.
2: Why were there trailers on fire?
0: Yeah, where, where were you? <laughs> okay, if I, knew where I was, if I knew where I was, you wouldn't be lost. And I don't know about you guys, but when you're lost in the middle of the night, in I don't know where, and you see, like, trailers on fire... And they were like gently on fire. Okay, it wasn't like it was like a trailer fire. Like It was just like the meth lab didn't work out good or something. You know, like it was that kind of fire. And it was like, you know, a of a thousand corpses has just come out. I wasn't getting out to ask directions or find out what was going on. We just kind of looked at it from afar. I think there was like a deer involved. It was really surreal and scary. And it just was not cool. And that, that's that story.
2: Listen, it might have been your worst show, but that was one of the best stories.
0: And if you think that was good, just imagine the stuff we're holding back. Yeah. Because let me tell you, it is brutal out there. It is brutal!
2: (laughs) Okay, well, those were all awesome answers, but uh, we have come to the final one. Uh Uh-oh. Big moment. That's right. So what do you think the motivation is to keep going and to keep creating as a musician? Because as you know, it's a it's a hard road out there.
0: You know, until this moment, I've never asked myself that question, and I don't think I want to do this anymore. So...
1: <laughs> there it is. Yes, this is it. Ah, great. All right, that's it. There's luck, Joel! Um, <laughs> for me, uh, I think it's when I hear other music that I... You, you know, I've personally been in a bit of a writing drought for a while now. But, you know, if it takes sometimes if a band puts out a new record and it just you know, that that shit will fucking make me just start writing stuff. You know. If I hear a good record it's it's not it doesn't put me in a competitive fit. That for me I, I don't think that's ever gonna stop unless music stops. <laughs> if people stop putting out new records that aren't up then I imagine I would just not write anymore and be bummed. But as long as other bands do it, I'm going to hear it and be stoked on it and probably be like, oh, yeah, I want to do that again. Let's write your song. That was way more positive than my answer because mine's just biting revenge.
0: Uh, <laughs> so just gonna go in. <laughs> um, when I was a little kid, I was at a daycare center, and this kid named Glenn said that I couldn't pretend to be in the Bon Jovi video with him and his buddy Carl. And um, ever since then, I've been in bands since I was three. And take that, Glenn and Carl. I'm here on this show, and you're in jail because I keep up on you guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was a lie. That was a lie. That was a big lie. I think for me... Actually, it's a true story, but I don't keep up on Glenn and Carl, and I write for other reasons. But that's totally real. Um, the I think for me, it's the natural output and mode that I work in. So I mean, I I literally I literally walk I literally walk around with noise in my brain all day, all day. And I just have this noise and voice and sound in my head all day. And the only way it leaves me is when I write music. And I have a hard time being articulate, I think, or I don't articulate myself in ways that I am content with. And I'd, I'd, music- I'd agree with that music for me is the only way where I can do that I find so it
1: or rather music is the only way that writing these songs is the only way that I'm concise are you trying to say Neil that music music, uh, music is the doctor I'm trying to say that music at least with three, three minute punk songs it certainly puts a
0: period on my long windedness.
2: also that kind of sounds like borderline schizophrenia <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, Well, cool, man, because that's not going to play to minor roasties, so that was really constructive. That's awesome. What a great way to end the interview. That's just so cool. I'm just going to go, and... that's great. Well, all right,
1: that looks really healthy. I'm in a healthy place now. How are you? That's good. great. That's awesome. may, may, great. Maybe Neil will run another record, and, uh, you know, maybe he can finally be in the Bon Jovi video. No, I think, I think writing music is definitely a part of, of
0: me and who I am, and... I write everything from like dumb dumb songs like that I sing along with my kid to like just stuff and it's great. You know, I love writing music. It's like my favorite thing in the whole world.
2: Awesome. You know what? And I I that's the way to end the interview right there.
0: <laughs> to backpedal out of my schizophrenia? There we go. Yeah, There you go. <laughs> uh, yes. Backpedaling. Except, well, I just told you I had a lot of therapy, and they said I don't have schizophrenia. I just have general anxiety disorder. So that just shows you what you know. Well, I am genuinely <laughs> <the sorry>. man. <laughs>